Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth with Mark Boudis of Boudis Financial. Today we're actually talking about cybersecurity and uh, 10 threats every business and person faces and how to combat them. And Mark has brought John back into the studio today and I'm excited to get started. So good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning, Eric. How are you? Eric. I'm good. I'm doing really, really well. Cybersecurity is, it's been a problem for decades at this point, but it seems to get worse as we get more technology and more advanced. What are your thoughts on that? It definitely does. And, you know, one may listen to this and think, well, what are two uh, financial advisors talking about cybersecurity? And one of the things we'll show is how this is interwoven into your financial plan and how if there are cybersecurity problems, it could really cause a problem with your finances. Yeah, I, I can imagine it would be devastating. I mean, we, we hear it all the time that, you know, somebody got hacked, a, a large company got hacked, a lot of data breaches and, and things like that. So why did you guys specifically decide to bring this topic up today? And, and more importantly, on the bigger picture, why did you decide to make it part of your practice? Sure. So it's the this is this one's actually in our show. This is the fourth episode we're doing. Uh, and we run these education workshops, different libraries, organizations locally to where we are. And when we pitch one of our workshops, we have about six different types that we pitch. We have social security, Medicare, caregiving, college planning. And, you know, we also tried cybersecurity this year to see what would the appetite would be of that. And of the 10 workshops that we've done so far this year, three quarters of them, the library has chosen the cybersecurity one. So we know it's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. We're just finding that people are really engaged with the topic and really want to know what they can do to improve their chance of not getting hacked or having some kind of identity fraud. That is awesome. And I know that John is ready to go and I am here to learn, guys. So where do we start today? Yeah. So I guess, you know, John, you do a lot of these workshops when someone wants to look and see what they can do to you know, improve or reduce the risk, where should they start? So the workshops really are going to cover just at a very high level. We shoot to not just for our clients, but for um, those who come to see us and, and learn a little bit more about the subject. The idea is to come up with a, create like a personal cybersecurity system in a sense. Sounds kind of tacky, but Essentially, we just want to kind of build this wall of protection around this area of our lives. That encompasses three separate mindsets that we're going to talk about. One being secrecy, the second being omniscience, and mindfulness. We're going to look at these three different mindsets and strengthening those mindsets and addressing them so we can build this kind of personal cybersecurity system. And the way we're going to do that is is we're going to address three different rules, three very simple things that are the first things you can do that most people can do to strengthen their security against these uh, cyber criminals. Finally, we're going to talk a little bit about just taking action. It's probably the most important thing and kind of setting some workflows in place to kind of get these things taken care of as opposed to just thinking about them. Okay. So if we start off with secrecy, what steps can we take there? New secrecy is probably the the one that, that most people 
think of first, right? And the reason being is, is like within secrecy, there's certain things that most people know they can do better. When we talk about, you know, secrecy and some of the things that we should definitely address, the first one we, we talk about is the idea of email security. And the reason why this one's important is because your email is kind of the key to a lot of the things that are important and a lot of the information you want to keep secret. So I'll give you an example. If you've ever forgotten a password, and most people I talk to do because there's so many different passwords and we're going to get into that a little bit more. If you do forget a password or need to get access into some of these important areas, whether it be an online or a bank account, this email is really a key to actually changing that password. So many times if you, you try to log into a website, you can't get in and you forget your password, there's an option to actually to reset your password. And if you've ever done that, you know that they're going to send you an email with a link that will allow you then to reset your password. If somebody has access to that email, they can very easily just reset the password themselves. So that's just one example as to how I think people underestimate how important the security of your email. It's almost like your online identity. And it's very easy to kind of find that email. And then criminals who are able to then crack the, the password into that email can really expose you across almost every level. And that's why we usually start there. The second part of that is going to be passwords, password strength. And when you, when you really start talking to people about their passwords and the passwords they have to access some of these areas where they want to keep secret, they'll start to, to kind of come clean and be like, yeah, you know what? Like my password is my birthday or one, two, three, four, five, you know, and that's one of the areas where they know like, you know, I probably should have something a little bit more complex and maybe not the same password for everything that I possibly use. As you can imagine, coming up with ways to strengthen those passwords is definitely going to be very important. And then finally, there's this idea of two-step verification. And two-step verification, for those who are not familiar with that, is going to be another layer of security that many, especially the financial institutions, are layering on top. And you'll see it with Google and some of the email access portals where they'll actually send you either a text message or an email with a code that you then have to have access to. It's a lot harder for these cyber criminals to intercept these text messages to get through that layer. It really does increase the strength of access to those really important areas. Yeah, I think one of the definitely best practices that someone can do is any website or app that you use that allows you to set up two uh, or multi-factor authentication, which essentially this two-step verification is, definitely do it. Some will require you to set it up. Some, when you do set up your account, they'll have a, you know, a little screen that pops up and says, if you want to you know, set up your two-step verification, if not, maybe you want to do it later. It's definitely something that you should set up right from the start. Gmail is actually one of them where you can set it up, but it also, it gives you an option that, you know, we're in a hurry and people might have it set up like that forever. And then you just, no thanks, or I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. It's definitely something that, you know, hopefully someone will listen to this. And the next time they log into their Gmail account, they'll actually remember what we're talking about here and just take the extra second to set up that layer of, uh, of security for sure. And then from there, there's definitely certain things that are in our financial worlds that we don't access a whole lot, but knowing like that, that idea of uh, omniscience and knowing the information that is out there and tracking it and keeping track of it can be very helpful. And, and the most important piece there is going to be your credit reports. Uh, and if you don't apply for credit in a certain amount of time, sometimes there, there's people that have not even looked at their credit report for a real, real long chunk of time. 
And unfortunately, there could be activity going on, um, a cyber criminal activity going on, and, and unfortunately, you wouldn't know about it and sometimes until it's too late. So one of the things we'll encourage is to connect with these credit reports a little bit more. And if you're not going to check them or take the time and you don't really trust yourself to check them um, on a frequent basis, I think it's, it's important to either lock or freeze each of the three credit agencies. Most people don't know this, but you can actually freeze them for free. And what this will do is allow them to apply a, a PIN number to anyone uh, to unlock the three credit agencies. Now, it can be a little bit tedious if you do are, are in a situation where you're applying for credit often, but there's no way that anyone can apply without you knowing about it to any credit using your social security number. And that would really entail you calling or logging into the three credit agencies. This can really add a, a super layer of um of security to your credit because no one at that point, anytime would someone would try to apply for credit using your social security number, it just wouldn't allow them in. And it would be as easy as let's say this weekend you're going to go and you're going to buy a car. You simply just have to call the three agencies, give them your PIN number. They'll unlock it. This way the credit, if you are borrowing money and you need to apply for credit, they can then access the information they need. And then as soon as the credit is issued, then you, you call them the credit agencies back and then have that the layer of security put back on with the pin number um and i know it it sounds like it's a pain because you're calling up the credit company to freeze it then you have to unlock it but when you think about it you're you know maybe applying for credit once a year maybe twice a year to have to do a simple step once one or two times a year it's really not that much time to uh to really put a a, a big you know, check on it and, uh, you know, could really prevent something devastating from happening. Completely. And it's not that uncommon. And for someone to go onto their credit report and see that someone opened up a credit card and was just running up the credit card. And unfortunately, when something like that happens, it's even in a lot of cases, it's hard to remove, you know? So I think one day you could go into your credit report and find that someone ran up $20,000 worth of charges that you know, it's, it's hard to contest and it's hard to, hard to remove after the fact. So I, I agree 100%. The, the second part of that is a lot of people are doing more online banking and access to credit cards. And there's some really great tools out there. One of the things that uh, I'll encourage is to set up alerts. With, your, with smartphones, you, you can basically get your, um, an alert every, anytime someone makes a transaction on a card. And it, it, it seems... There's different layers. You can, you can actually do it when there's a certain size of a purchase, or you can do it as much as every time somebody makes a purchase on a card. But you know, it's that peace of mind. I don't know anybody who's actually ha hasn't gotten a call from a credit card company or, or a bank company or a bank that says, hey, did you buy something at this strange place and then have to have the card reissued? In those events, you'd know immediately and know right away whether there's these criminal acts going on. And I'll even give a plug to the financial planning app that we use with our clients called Wealth Center. Within that app, you can set up alerts, notifications, daily emails that will give you a quick summary of everything that went on in all, across all of your financial accounts. And anytime if something bad does happen, it's a lot easier to recover from it. The sooner you find out, the sooner you start notifying you know different financial institutions or credit credit companies. So using our app is another way to really have transparency into, you know, what's going on in your your financial accounts almost real time. 
One last thing when it comes to, uh, I, I want to, for those who have children, younger children, especially, I encourage them to um, check if they have credit, like, like a two-year-old shouldn't have a credit report. It's a, a really clean record too. So it, if cyber criminals can get a hold of a clean record like that and expose it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that they, they know people aren't going to check. So you, there's been stories where you, 15 years later when, when a, a kid finally wants to apply for credit and for some, some reason and finds that there's been, you know, two or three or four credit cards on their account. Um, just because there's no reason for them to check, but so we encourage those with children just even once a year, just to call the three credit agencies and make sure there is no credit report just to protect their children um, moving forward. From there, we, we move on to mindfulness and mindfulness is really just our daily activities, right? So we, and the most important one is going to be email. Many people may have heard stories about um, malware that's called ransomware. In the simplest sense, these are basically the cyber criminals um, that'll threaten to clear your computer unless you send them some money. And it's usually Bitcoin. Um, and it usually comes in, in through an email, uh, emails they call phishing emails, if you've heard of that. And, and then these emails are designed to do just that as the fish for people who will fall for their tricks essentially and click on a, click on a link and open up an attachment that will plant this ransomware on their computer and force them into action. Um, so one of the things that, that we really talk about here is, is things you can, you know, it's, it's exhausting, right? We can't, we get so many emails, you know, but if there's two or three different things we can do just to be mindful of as we're looking at emails and opening emails, it can incredibly increase our, um, our security when it comes to, uh, to being exposed to these, these, um, this ransomware. And a few things there is the subject, what these cyber criminals are going to do is they're going to try to catch you in a moment of panic. A lot of the times when people fall for these things, they're incredibly busy or just something's going on and they're just like, all right, look, this, whatever this is, I want it to go away. So the email subject will, will typically be something that is very urgent or comes across as urgent or something that takes immediate action. So it might be something like you're going to lose access to your email unless you do this. It'll say urgent and, you know, you have to click on a link. It's typically something that will come across as the takeaway is it'll come across as something that needs to be taken care of right away. And then the, the sender address is something that they're very, very smart. They use what they call spoofing. And sometimes an example would be like even Mark, Mark's email is mark at boutusfinancial.com. If he, if I see an email come through, it might be like mark.m at boutusfinancial.com or something to that extent. It's a small little change, but at first glance, I see it and I'm like, oh man, Mark wants me to send, send him, wire him $5,000 because he's broken down and, and uh, on the side of the road somewhere. But yeah, so I mean, I think that the, being aware of, of those email addresses and, you, and when it, whether it's a link or an email, you can, you can actually scroll your, your mouse over top of those, the email address and, and or the link. And uh, to, to see, it'll, it'll show you, a little window will show up and show you actually where it's going. The link in the email might look like a legit email. It might look like yahoo.com. But if you scroll over that link, um, the, a little window or even the bottom left of your computer, it'll show you where it's actually going because it can show something different as to where it's going. Um, be aware of bad grammar. 
you know, if there's, there's, there's bad grammar in the email and, and a vague signature line, you know, I, th- I think when it, when it comes to, you know, someone who's sending you something, just be aware of like, am I expecting this email? And then the, the second part of that is, is the attachment. An unsolicited attachment is something you never open. And there's no reason why you can't just delete it and call the person who they're maybe, who maybe sent it and they can always send it again. But if, if you're getting a, an attachment from some, somebody you weren't expecting, because think about it, if you, if you get, if you receive an attachment, it's usually something you're expecting, right? So that's just like a really an important rule and just some of the ways that you can actually be aware as you're email receiving these emails just to protect yourself. Yeah. So I think a lot of people underestimate the frequency of this happening or the chance of this happening, but you know, we work with a lot of people and, you know, intertwine with their finances and we see a lot of whether someone's bank account was hacked and they had to freeze it, or they clicked on a link that they thought their bank was asking them to reset their password and, you know, gave their credentials over to someone, or they got a pop-up on their, their computer screen that said, click here to your, your computer's running slow, click here to, you know, run some program to speed it up. This stuff does happen. And the more, you know, focus that you can put on, and, you know, like John said, you get hammered every day with emails and all these, you know, notifications that it is tough to really focus on each one. And just, if you give a second thought and, and just look, where's this coming from? What are they asking me to do? And make that decision of whether, you know, this is something that you should click on or, or take action on. It could definitely go a long way to preventing, you know, some kind of cybersecurity issue from happening. Billions of these phishing emails go out a day, they, they estimate billions. And so, yeah, so just taking those, those three, just even if it's just a few of those things that I just mentioned, just to add into your, uh, your thoughts as you're opening emails can be amazing as far as increasing that security. So we look at the three mindsets. Now, you know, with anything, you know, we can, you can have education, you can learn, but if you don't do anything with it, it's kind of really not useful. So what should someone do as their next steps to, you know, and I guess probably the approach of just taking small steps to improve things is probably better than trying to put up a whole military grade force field around your information. But where does someone start with? It really is just having a plan. These seminars that I speak at, we give them tools and it's something really simple. It's basically just a a way for you to make a list of the three things that you want to accomplish when you want to accomplish them by and there's even a place where you can sign and make a commitment to yourself. But, you know, the idea is, is that even just picking three things that you can do immediately, I mean, it's exponentially going to increase, you know, your security. And, and that's really the takeaway. The biggest takeaway from these events is just understanding how much security can be increased by these small little actions. So I ask people to pick three things of, uh, that we talked about put a date on them and, and take them into action. And it's no different than some, like you said, some of the other things that we do. A lot of the things that in our world when it comes to comprehensive planning is, yeah, you, we have conversations about how important these things are, but the hardest thing is just to like, okay, um, you know, as an advisor, like, hey, did you take care of this? Hey, did you take care of that? And I think that's one of the reasons why people hire us is they want us to kind of, you know, make sure not only are we coaching them on what to do, but just leaning on them a little bit, making sure they are taking the action. So would, if we look at examples of the three things, would maybe setting up multi-factor authentication be an example of something? Actually, the one thing you want to do is this, and, and I didn't touch on it, but I think it's probably the most important thing is this. We have one email that is connecting us almost everything. And I encourage everyone out there to set up a separate email that nobody knows. Maybe your significant other, or maybe one other person has access to it that is now connected to your financial uh, accounts. 
whether it be a bank account and a credit card account. And what this does, so if you think about it, our emails, I could probably find anyone's email, the way that our world is set up, a Google search, and I can find almost anyone's email. And if that's your only email, that means a cyber criminal can find it very easily. If you set up an email that you're just using for these really important accounts, and like I said, you don't give it to anybody, this will even further protect those accounts because even if they hack your everyday email, they're not going to be able to then access these areas. Like if someone hacks into my Netflix account and they can watch movies for free, then, you know, I almost say, hey, more power to you. But you clearly, so if you have your, your everyday email connected to that account, maybe not a big deal, but if you want to protect these really important online accesses, whether it be to a bank account, like I said, or a credit card account. So just setting up a new email, it's so easy to set up a new email, right? Like you probably do it in two seconds. And this email that nobody has can, that's the first thing that I would probably do. But then to your point, the two-step verification will be attached on all these important areas. So like the banks are going to do it the Gmails of the world, the credit card companies, they're all going to have, if it's not set up, go in and check. There's probably a real easy way to set it up through a settings on the online access portal. And that can, again, just add a whole nother layer of, um, of security. And then just the third thing would be to get your passwords in line. And, and if you're afraid of, of setting up a password and you don't want to forget it, there's some really fun ways to set up passwords that are be, will be very, very hard to crack. Um, one of them is, everyone should have like a favorite saying from like, let's say maybe even it's like a movie and you can use the first letter of each word to set up this email. So like you can, you know, set up an acronym if you may. And then if there's the word at in the saying, you can use the at symbol um, and can be the ampersand. And and so there's ways because most of these password setups are going to require a symbol um, now and a number, uh, an uppercase. So just, research and do some ways to kind of strengthen some of those passwords. Yeah. And just, I guess, one last thing that we do see a lot uh, or we come across is, uh, and I think John talked a little bit about emails and hackers accessing emails. The other area that they try and target a lot are wire transactions. You know, and and again, it doesn't happen often, but it's usually a a large sum of money that's at risk with this. But uh, usually when you purchase a house, you're going to make a wire transaction. One best practice is never take wire instructions over email. Always, wherever you're sending a wire, usually to your, maybe the the real estate attorney, always confirm any wire instructions over the, verbally over a phone. Don't, don't take anything through email because like John said, it, it hackers target email. They'll monitor your emails for a while before they actually try and take action. So they try and figure out what's going on and they'll, you know, they'll take an opportunity when it pops up and wires are, are one area that they do. So they know that you're anticipating sending a wire. They'll spoof the real estate attorneys or, or whoever that, you know, you're sending the wire to, they'll spoof their wire instructions and you wind up actually sending a wire somewhere that that it shouldn't go, and what makes sending wires damaging is that it's really hard to recover once once a wire goes out. Some other things, if there's credit card fraud or some other types of transactions involved, depending upon how early you catch it, you can recover pretty straightforward from it. But wires are are one thing that are hard to recover from. And I think in closing, I just think that you know I just like to circle back and, and look at the importance of this and how it kind of connects with our practice and and how we're trying to protect all aspects of our client's financial life. And, you know, adding this in, this isn't going anywhere. These guys are smart. They're going to continue. It's going to get, it's going to get continued to be, um, unfortunately, there's a lot in the news of the Marriott 
Equifax, Yahoo exposing 3 billion accounts. Um, you know, it, it's not going to go anywhere. So, you know, we protect people from a life insurance, a disability, you know, we look at health insurance and I just really feel like it's important for us to, you know, to continue to keep this on the radar. And, and we hope that, you know, people will look to us to help them, not just with all those other planning areas, but we'll, you know, we'll help, uh, we'll stand out in a way that will be above and beyond a lot of the other advisors that are out there. And to be honest, that's what I like about you guys, right? That you're, you're proactive. This is not, you guys aren't trying to instill fear in people. The, the bottom line is, as I'm listening to this, I I'm, I'm loved the information, really interesting about the, um, you know, locking down your credit reports uh, and having a, a pin that has to be given to the, the company so somebody can do a credit search on you. That's great. I mean, that's just like a safe, right? You have a combination to a safe. So that's really, we've been protecting ourselves with safes for years and our, our documents for years with safes, and it has to have a combination. Why wouldn't you do that with your credit report? So I think that's a great idea. And just one other thing that I was thinking is that this is cybersecurity, but this is cyber warfare in a lot of ways. And, and the, the enemy is getting better and better and better at finding the buttons that make us tick and finding the buttons that are going to make us do something. Uh, and we just have to be diligent because gone are the days. I mean, I'm sure, sure they're still out there, but I don't really get emails from Nigerian princes that want to give me a bunch of money anymore. Right. I mean, that was, that was old school. That was, you know, that's what they did for a while. But now the ones I'm getting guys are like, here is a receipt for what you bought on your iTunes account or your Apple account. Um, no, I didn't purchase that. And the email looks very, very similar to what would come from Apple uh, as just the, the normal report that I get from things that are being charged to my account, whether I'm using Netflix through it or, you know, my, my daughter's buying a song or whatever, but they're fake. And, but, but it makes me take my time to make sure that that is either an authentic email or it's not an authentic email. And, and so they're getting smarter, unfortunately, and they're, they're finding different ways to engage us. And I think it's appropriate, this topic for your clients. And I appreciate you guys doing this because you're right. There's not a lot of advisors out there that are bringing this level of information to their clients to make sure they're safe. And if somebody's listening to this podcast right now and doesn't exactly feel safe or a lot of these little things that you brought up triggered something within them to say, I really need to check that out. How do they reach out to you to be a part of the class or to just have a conversation with you? Yeah, so you can, uh, best places go to our website, boutusfinancial.com. Uh, it has a list of our workshops we have. It also has a way to contact us, schedule a consultation with us, uh, or you can give us a call at 862-205-5800 and we'd be happy to talk. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for, for what you're bringing to the table today. Thanks, Eric. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boutus. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And, and this is a good one to share because everybody wants their family to be safe. And uh, I would encourage you to share this and, and then begin that conversation within your family and then make the call. And again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Boutus Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutus Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning. 